0: in the fight a section 247 show presentation follow us on social media twitter and instagram at in the fight show on facebook at facebook.com slash in the fight show ah oh uh, yes welcome back to in the fight a sports talk philly partner presented as always by michael's glass company Tell them Mike and Brett sent you. I am Michael Lipinski, and I am joined, as always, by Brett Halpern. And we're a little bit late here, Brett, on dropping this here program because I got got lost in the Thunderdome, buddy.
1: Yeah, uh, well, you know... (laughs) There's some other interesting people that showed up as yeah, well.
0: And we're <laughs> going to get to it. For those of you who are like, what are these idiots talking about? No, we're not talking about the steel cage match from WCW back in the 90s. WWE has set up a residency at Amway Center in Orlando, Florida. Yeah. And it is they they created. It's actually kind of neat. They're taking the the approach the NBA and the NHL have with their bubble and adding LED boards and and the, and basketball, in particular, uh, they're skyping in fans and fan reactions, and they've put them around the ring. It adds to it. It actually makes it seem like more of a real environment. Uh, one of the problems is is that you can apparently WWE said that they are monitoring the fans. So when you go on on Skype, you can't do certain things. You can't have an a, a, a AEW shirt. Yeah, you know, they want you to wear an a WWE shirt. People didn't get the message and it has gotten a little bit out of control. We've had a, a, a schmuck wearing a KKK outfit yeah, um, who really just deserves to get his ass handed to him because uh, yep. he's a moron and a dipshit. And we had another person, I don't know, guy or girl who put a picture. And i It's not funny, but it stayed up for a while on yeah. the program. They put a picture of Chris Benoit in front of their camera. And it's particularly noticeable when Drew McIntyre was out on Raw comment, uh, having an, his interview segment where you see Chris Benoit down at the bottom of the screen.
1: Yeah, that's not a good look. Um, so in general, I much prefer the Thunderdome as compared with the setup that they had at the Performance Center. Oh, absolutely. Like, it, it I was like, sense. I really wish they had thought about this around wrestlemania i i yeah. understand that it was limited time they didn't know how long they would it, they'd be forced to do that this is it looks so much better because you get some of the uh, the normalcy back of having the old school set yep and it looks better it doesn't look as confined um i wish that the camera angles they still have to figure out a little bit
0: yeah, I think they're going to end up playing around with that. We'll get to it more when we get to our wrestling segment. But yeah. it is definitely a step in a positive direction. Overall, I thought I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it, It's different. It's not the AEW approach, though. And no. AEW, who's uh, up the road in Jacksonville, has worked with county and state officials in Florida <laughs> to actually bring fans back to the building. And I saw the plans. They're available online you're buying pods essentially together. Like if you and I wanted to go to the show, we would buy two tickets. We're sitting in our own section, which shit, I'd love that. That'd be fantastic. But you and I are in our own section of the building and there's nobody around us. And there's certain ways in certain ways out. County officials signed off on it. It's CDC guidelines. What what do you think there is this good, bad? Should we be a little bit smarter? Well,
1: I, in general, from you know hearing about this, I, I it sounds like a safer approach, and obviously just having fans in the building, you know, it, it's a lifeline. And, and look, this professional wrestling needs fans in an audience. That's the one thing we've learned in the pandemic. Um, you know, because at first there was no one, and then both companies brought out people, even their own employees. Because you need to have people,
0: you need noise. Um,
1: real having noise. said that, you uh, real, yeah.
0: Not WWE performance center canned noise, performance yeah. center recruit. AEW did it. We talked about this at length, did it
1: better. Yes, I agree with you that they did, did it better. But again, I would even take the performance center canned noise of their trainees or whatever you want to call them um, over the silence. Which was Absolutely. originally when well, the first few weeks of the pandemic, it was so hard to I, watch. Yeah, it was tough. Uh, I mean, that's why it was the worst WrestleMania of all time. Um, I still have yet to really watch it. it you know, you, you you're not missing anything. Yeah, uh, but you know, look, I, I hope it's safe. Um, it sounds, it's an outdoor venue. It's an outdoor event. It, no, it sounds generally safe, so I, I'm cautiously optimistic um but then again florida is still one of the hot spots so that worries me um so we'll see you know it, it, to me I, if if they need it because of the money i but to me I, I still wonder how much money are you really making from this and as compared with the cost to oversee this is it really worth it
0: it's going to be an interesting question. Private company, so I'm sure it'll never really be uh, announced. Yeah. I know WWE is spending a lot of money. I think it was 500000 just to rent the facility on top of all the technology, which is rumored to be at least a million bucks to pull this off. So that's a lot of money. But it's going but to be their finances are pretty good right now. Oh, I mean, I think,
1: are, yeah. I think the last quarter they made more than they ever have because mm-hmm. they cut down a lot of overhead.
0: Yeah, it's their biggest money making quarter of all time. I mean, they cut down on touring. You stop touring, yeah. there's no expense there. But hey, as it comes to as it relates to COVID, if you don't test, you can't test positive. That's for you know, that's not our take, but that's just uh, one of those things. Let's get to the UFC. Willie yeah. uh, Edgar Munoz, Frankie Edgar, victorious over Pedro Munoz, unanimous decision. Uh, how did you score this thing?
1: You know, I, I had this fight scored for Pedro Munoz. It was a very close fight. It was it was first off, it was a great fight. Um, and either guy I, I had I did not have a problem with Frankie winning. I I obviously I was happy about it. I, I did think that Munoz did enough to win. I had it uh 48-47 for Munoz. But again, I, I was fine with how the scorecards were. Um either guy it earned the right to say they won that fight.
0: We talked about Frankie Edgar and his move down to Bantamweight. Does the wind change your thought process on him in the division?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, as you all know, I, I know I'm calling myself out again. I thank you for not doing it. Um, you know, Frankie, uh, I picked Munoz to win uh, because I thought that Frankie's chin might be a little shot, particularly since he got knocked out his last performance, his last fight against Chan Sung Jung. Now he's dropping even more weight. He took some really hard shots against Pedro Munoz, who many consider to be one of the hardest-hitting punchers and hardest-hitting strikers in the Bantamweight division, and he kept coming. So, you know what? His chin held up. His speed translated well. Uh, it actually, his, the one thing that I thought he'd have an advantage with, which it didn't seem to be the case was that he didn't really have a power advantage, even though he was actually kind of the bigger guy. Uh, but you know, I, I think it, look, if he fights against Aljamain Sterling or Peter Jan, it's going to be a really tough fight, yeah. but I think that he, he definitely is going to deserve a shot. So is that what's next for him? Like, wh- where, where does he go from here? Well, you know, you could give him Dominic Cruz because it's sort of a legend matchup, it's right? A good name fight. It's a good name fight. I think it would actually make for a terrible fight. I just, I don't think those styles mesh very well. Uh, you could give him, see, one of the problems here is he is a close personal friend and training partner of Marlon Morais. Mm-hmm. So Marlon Morais is ranked number two. He's, he's fighting Corey Sanhagen coming up in the next few months. If Sandhagen wins, you could give Edgar Sandhagen for a number one contender fight. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I guess, you know, Frankie did take, you know, some shots and his legs are a little banged up. Maybe you, you just rest them. And whenever Peter Jan and Aljamain Sterling fight, unfortunately, it looks like that is going to be the fight, which Sterling absolutely deserves. Maybe you just rest Frankie Edgar, and you give him the next fight. You have him fight the winner of Sterling and Jan. because Marais already had yeah. a shot, yeah. and San, you know, and, and he's more of a name than Sanhagen.
0: So yeah. from yeah. a business yeah. standpoint. Uh, right and uh, i would say his name would put asses in the seats but but we know that that's not necessarily happening at this juncture but yeah it buys on clicks on a uh, espn plus uh, yeah. so this this card yeah really went through some what's the best way it went through hell covid hell yeah. and it got so, yeah. completely screwed up there was a bunch of missed weights there was positive covid testing yeah. uh what was your take on everything? Despite the lack of names, did it entertain you? I'm always, enter- I'm always entertained by fights in general. But yeah. What was your thought on this? Well, look, if you were evaluating this
1: based upon the quality of the the level of fighters fighting, it was not that great. It, it honestly was almost like a glorified contender series uh, card uh, with a with a great main event. Uh, but it, it was entertaining there were you know there were stoppages uh some local guys won I know uh, one of the winners Joe Selecki, uh, was interviewed recently by a friend of the program beautiful Bob Maloney from mymma news uh you know there were some really interesting a lot of there were some come from behind wins some guys who uh, who were you know taking shots and then um, you know coming back
0: and it, it was all it was pretty interesting uh I really enjoyed it Did we see the greatest biggest upset in UFC history on Saturday night? You know, according to certain um
1: sports books, statistically we did, Shauna Dobson was anywhere between a minus eight hundred to a minus nine fifty against Maria Agapova. And she Shauna Dobson came in at three and four and came in and, and won uh via uh submission. In the second round, so it was really impressive.
0: You mentioned sports books. We have partnered with Thrive Fantasy in player prop daily fantasy sports. That's NFL, NBA, baseball, PGA, esports like League of Legends. Go on ThriveFantasy.com, use code SEC247, deposit $20 or more and get a free $20 deposit on top of it. It's pretty cool. They do all the work for you. It's playing your everyday fantasy league, but with guys that are picked out, you're not looking for oddball dudes that can score you some (laughs) points. You're looking all top 10 guys. They're paying out at least 50K week one of the NFL, and they have paid out over a million dollars since 2018. That's thrivefantasy.com. Download the app. Use code SEC247. Tell them Mike and Brett sent you, and have a good time. Let's move on. Let's talk Dana White's contender series. So, we got a lot to review here. We got to take a look at a couple weeks. Uh, run it down for us. Run it down for the winners, the contracts, and your thoughts on it. So, we, uh, we have week two. Uh,
1: there were actually for week two and week three, there were four contract winners each. Uh, interestingly, in uh, for week two, there's actually a pair of brothers, uh, Orion and Louis Koski. Uh, both of them were victorious. Both of them. Uh, Orion was considered Orion, who was the younger brother. I, I don't think he was considered as highly touted a prospect, but overcame a really impressive fighter and stopped him four minutes and forty two seconds into round three. His older brother, who's considered the the better prospect, Lewis defeated uh, Victor Reyna, who had previously fought in Dana White's Contender Series via TKO one minute and 12 seconds in the round one looked really impressive. Uh, Then Josh Parisian, a big heavyweight, defeated Chad Johnson, TKO, three minutes, 43 seconds in the round one. And I actually was really impressed. It was a female fight. Cheyenne Bys defeated Hillary Rose via unanimous decision. What was funny about that was at one point, uh, had was standing over Hillary Rose, who had her back against the – the mat with her legs up, you know, protecting, you know, had her guard up and buys was all like, so into the fight. She's like, get the fuck up. And the ref's like, don't, no, no, don't use that language. It was, it it was weird. Like, why can't you curse during a fight? What's the big deal? Um, And then, so afterwards when Dana White was announcing who won the contracts, he told Cheyenne to get the fuck over here. So I think
0: that that's going to be like part of her promotional package from here on out. Well that's smart. I mean, you know, Dana White never misses an opportunity to, to promote. Yeah,
1: and but he she was really impressive. Uh it was it was actually a really good fight. Hillary Rose is someone who, even though she lost, I honestly think she'll make her way into the UFC as well. Uh, and so this week as well, there were four contract winners. Uh, Jamie Pickett won the main event. It is actually his third fight on Dana White's contender series. He's the first ever three-time fighter. And he finally got over the hump and they gave him a uh uh, a contract. The guy he beat actually was a high school football teammate of RG3, uh, which I thought was a little interesting. He had Rafael Alves from Brazil, uh, had a nasty guillotine finish uh, in the second round, looked pretty good. He had Jeffrey Molina, who's only 22 years old, uh, and was a flyweight, and he had a really good back-and-forth uh, fight with Jacob Silva, uh, won via unanimous decision. I think Jacob Silva... Even though he lost, is gonna end up somehow in the UFC as well. Was really talented. And the first fight of the night was this guy, Colin Huckbuddy, defeated Kyron Bowen via Arm Triangle choke. He's had six wins by Arm Triangle. The guy's pretty like really nasty. He just was, I mean, even when Dana called him over for the contract, he was like, this guy's like all business. Like he expected to be there, he expected to get the contract. So it should be really interesting to see how that guy fares in in his UFC career.
0: A couple things here: uh, Josh Parisian, Cara's yes. older, heavier cousin.
1: No, um, I think it was spelled differently.
0: I was joking. Oh, I know. It's yeah, a, but, uh, he but he I also like, was like three times the size. Yeah, I Kara. know. I know yeah. uh, the the contracts. Do you feel as though there's too many contracts given out? Like it's just like it's like throwing con I mean, at least in the ultimate fighter. And I like this format better than the ultimate fighter. I've said yeah. that on this year's program. But it seems like everybody gets a contract. Like I'm not ex- I'm not necessarily expecting a tournament to get a contract. It's not a money yeah. in the bank kind of thing, but it seems like too many contracts get handed out. Yeah, but in reality, if you go back to the ultimate fighter, the winners got a certain contract, and That's then everybody, everybody else that on that in the show yeah. ended up in the in the you know in yeah, the we, UFC as well. We realized that real quick early on as fans. We're like, wait, a minute, yeah, we're going to be fighting anyway. So that is a good point. I, I wasn't thinking of that.
1: Yeah. So, um you know, perhaps. But think about. There's been a lot of success, even though, for instance, like Emin Shabazi and lost that main event fight night um, bout against Derek Brunson. A lot of these guys are are becoming big names. So it's become a legitimate avenue to get into the UFC. So I I think it's the right amount, and I think it's kind of a way for them to sort of replace even – so even if these guys aren't necessarily materializing in the championship material, which some of them actually are, it's a way to sort of replenish the bottom half of the roster, the UFC.
0: Let's get to some scheduling news real quick. Scheduling news on the UFC front and scheduling news on our front. We have breaking news. Uh, and this has been on our Twitter and our Instagram. Bellator veteran and cage fury fighting championship, strawweight champion, Elise Reed will be joining the program. Looking forward to having a conversation with her undefeated in amateur and professional MMA. That is going to be pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Really looking forward to that. She had an amazing Victory at uh, CFFC eighty three and super impressive, and a lot of people were doubting her. So I think you know I I really want to ask her questions about you know how does that fuel you when everyone is doubting you and and predicting your opponent to win?
0: Yeah, absolutely. On the UFC front, Amanda Nunez will put on her will put her featherweight title on the line against Megan Anderson, UFC two fifty six.
1: Yeah, and look. I made the mistake last time of, of um, you know thinking that our opponent is a live dog, like Amanda yeah. Nunes is. I still think Valentina Shevchenko's the goat. Either way, she's either the goat or the second goat. There's no such thing as a second goat. The she's number two.
0: Get on our intro. I'll tell you that much. I'm yeah. Not Amanda Nunes, that she can't be on there.
1: But um, look, either way, Megan Anderson is very dangerous on the feet, uh, and. I think that's for as long as the fight is standing, Megan Anderson has a shot. The thing is, her ground game is a big, big liability. And Amanda Nunes, I think, is going to be able to take her down and either ground and pound or have a submission victory in the first round. That's my initial prediction.
0: Let's before we get to the wrestling end of this program, run down the upcoming UFC fight night. Uh, It's an ESPN. Well, who knows now? With this, it's, as goes. it's, it's was it was a plus card. It's a plus card, but the prelims are on ESPN. ESPN. So, yeah. run, run down the card. Give me some yeah. of your thoughts uh, on what you want to see here.
1: Well, so the main events: Anthony is a light heavyweight contest between Anthony Smith and Alexander Rakic. Uh, I think it's it, it's a talent. It's a it's an important fight in the division. Two top ten guys. Um, I think the key difference here is I think Smith is a little bit more well-rounded. I think uh, Rackage is really – he's explosive. He could really hurt you on the feet, as can Anthony Smith. But Smith actually is a black belt and has an underrated and underappreciated ground game. So I think if he's able to take Rackage into deep waters, get him to the ground, he might be able to pull off a submission victory.
0: Smith went to war with Glover Teixeira. Yeah. too soon i mean we're talking that was what uh april may so you're looking at three months three months or so four months is it's too early is this too early for him to come back or is it time if i was his manager i would after that fight in particular
1: i would have said take at least six months off but you know i mean for whatever reason he's back i wonder i wonder if this has an impact on his chin uh, and Rackage is a guy who can bang and his great kicks. I mean, he knocked Jimmy, he, he knocked Jimmy Manway into retirement with his left foot. So, uh, you know, it, this should be an interesting fight. I'm still going to go with Anthony Smith though. I just think he has more ways to win. Uh, and, and when you have a guy like that, that's a, you know, I'm usually going to go that way with a prediction. Uh, I think I can kind of see like a, a third or fourth round stoppage.
0: What else is uh, what else is standing out on you on this card, Robbie Lawler, Neil Neil Magny, Uh, where do you see this fight going, and what else is intriguing to you? You know, I think this is a
1: really cool fight. Um, look, anytime Rob, Robbie Lawler is just one of the scariest dudes ever. I mean, uh, they were showing in promoting this fight, they were showing one of the interviews he had where he was like, Uh, it's like I'm gonna take the guy's soul, and it's like if someone ever said that, and They were referring to me like, I would definitely move and just hide, you know, like that's pretty scary. Um, But, you know, it's how much does Robbie Lawler have left in the tank? Neil Magny is going to come to fight. He's going to, you know, his his strongest weapon is his activity, which I think will make for a good fight because Robbie's going to have to fight him. Uh, You know, he, he can't just sit on inactivity and just wait for one or two bombs. So it should be interesting. I, I still think Lawler has enough in the tank to beat Neil Magny, um, who I think is a good fighter, just is limited physically from ever being a top five guy. That's my thought on that. But, you know, in terms of the rest of the card, you know, finally, it looks like knock on wood. I mean, here we are. It's, uh, well, it's, well, what day? Is, today is Thursday. Today is th- Forget. Today is- yeah. It's been one of those weeks. Uh, but anyways, and uh, you'll knock hear on- the worst. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully uh, knock on wood. Uh, finally, it looks like we're going to get the rematch of Magomed and against Iwan Kutalaba. Uh, the initial fight, which we talked about, went down in UFC Norfolk. These guys almost got into the brawl uh, during the introductions. They're both crazy. Uh, so it's really just going to be, I- I'm hopeful that this fight actually goes through because it was, uh, it-, it fell through a few weeks ago because, Kutulaba had tested positive for COVID. Fortunately, he didn't have any symptoms, and it looks like he's okay now. So that should be a great fight. Then one of the uh, guys who I believe it was on the first week of Dana White's contender series this season, Impa Kasangane, is actually fighting Maki Patolo in the headliner of the prelims. So it'll be really interesting to see. It's a quick turnaround, but I think the kid is super talented. So I'm really excited to see how he
0: does. Let's move over to the world of professional wrestling. Hey, remember you can follow us on all social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at In the Flight Show, In, in the Flight Everywhere. Tell tell that, tell us that you saw, listen, here we sent you to us. Something like
1: that. <laughs> I it's was okay, I, I clothes understood clothes. what you were saying.
0: I was doing my show clothes at the end of the segment, so that's my fault. Let's get into it. Uh Raw underground we kind of talked about it before but we now we're a couple weeks in we really got to get into this um that was my initial reaction to it right there and (laughs) i like the i i'm trying to convince myself that i like the idea it's different uh it's wwe trying to go back to a little bit more of a grittier style from the 90s it reminds me of that old Mm -hmm. raw open that's exactly what it reminds me of where they used to yeah. have Austin walking through and fire and, and all that stuff. Uh, what's your, what's your take on it? And do you like this? Uh, I have some things I like, but I have an ultimate criticism. So the,
1: I like the action and it's similar as we discussed to the blood sport from Josh Barnett's blood sport promotion. And I like that. Uh, it definitely is more MMA forward, more martial arts forward. You have a lot of impressive grappling techniques and throws and, and different kinds of punches. It's a, it, it makes sense. I don't like Shane McMahon in this. He comes off as like this schmucky rich kid. I, I know he's not a kid anymore. He's older than me, but. That's the it, problem, though. That's one of the problems. That's one of the problems. Yeah. The other problem, again, another one, you can't have Nia Jax anywhere near this. This is all about really tech. Actually, even though it's supposed to be about brawling, these people are actually more technical. And Nia Jax can't pull this off. Right. Just can't. Okay. But on top of it, when I watch wrestling, and this is ever since I was a kid, I'm watching a match to see if one of these competitors can eventually move their way up to win a championship. There's nothing... Unless suddenly they're now going to say, you know what? All championships are being fought down here. or We're bringing this up to the Thunderdome.
0: What's the point of this? It defeats the purpose. Well, and it's interesting. It, there's no point. You bring it up that way. Lance Storm said the same thing on Twitter, and I, I, I agree with him. He's like, what happens here after you go to Raw Underground and you win? And I think he... Point blind put Dolph Ziggler. He's like, Dolph Ziggler can win. He's an all-American wrestler in high school. He can win in 30 seconds in the Thunderdome, but then he goes up to Raw yeah. and has to compete in a regular professional wrestling match and it against a similar opponent. And it's like, well, now he's gonna have to go 10 minutes. It makes no sense. What what, yeah. what is this trying to accomplish? There's no end, there's no there's no rhyme there's no, or reason for it. Yeah, there's no logistical end to this. Yeah, and apparently the rumor and innuendo is that this past Monday night's episode had a ton of footage on the program, and Vince McMahon cut it out. So I feel like it's already kind of you can see where this is going. Maybe it's a it could have been a vehicle, and some of the people that were on there, that the four horsewomen were were apparently heavily involved. If you were looking at this to bring someone on to the main roster, fine. Using it as a vehicle to create like someone that is a destroyer. They're just going to come in and wreck people. And they do it in in the underground, and then they move their way up. Okay, I get it. But it just doesn't make sense. The whole concept doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, and I mean, again, unless... I, I don't mind it if it is a gimmick match a one like a one-off gimmick match right or this could have been a good way another way uh, granny's out of the company now you imagine if you brought in kane velasquez yeah wearing a shirt and wearing as a luchador but coming in that way obviously his credibility and guess what so does brock lesnar with this and maybe this is where you have brock lesnar and bobby lashley fight finally right
0: Right. but that would make sense right that would make sense as a
1: one-off have right. a match there. Or if one of them has the title, have the title match in that setting. Agree with you. Other otherwise, that, it makes no sense.
0: I agree with you. We talked about the Thunderdome. I love the idea that WWE is apparently going to work on their issues of uh, people being on screen in inappropriate material and inappropriate people. Let's talk NXT TakeOver. We have new champions, but... There's a major but. So we have Damian Priest, new North American champion. Karrion Cross won the NXT World Title, but he has yeah. had to relinquish said belt. So now we're going to have a fatal four-way for the title. What was your take of them winning coming out of NXT Takeover? P- pre- uh,
1: I, so all in all, you know, I think I again the pandemic limits you uh, and. I thought the uh, ladder match was decent. Again, you know, it, it missed a crowd to have with the spots. Right. Um, you know, I thought it, it, to me, I, you kind of with ladder matches, it's interesting when you you see the ebbs and flows of the match. It's always someone who's kind of lurking in the background who ends up winning. And so I, I kind of it, I felt like this was like a law and order SVU to me because I figured out the killer really quickly into the episode. And I kind of was like, yeah, all right, Damian Priest is winning this because he's not doing much. Um, I was okay with it. I, you know, I think he's decent. It's give it a shot. You're changing it up a little bit. I think there's some natural people he, he could feud with Uh,
0: the cross Keith Lee match sucked. Awful. That was awful. And you knew you had an idea that Keith Lee, they just didn't mesh. Well,
1: no, they did not
0: mesh. Well, like, you know, look, I, I, I complained previously about Dominic
1: Dijakovic, that he's kind of like a spot fest as a big guy. And I don't think he actually pulls them off, but at least there's some contrast between him and Keith Lee mm-hmm. in, in those matches that made it decent. This was not good.
0: No, it wasn't. I think cross more. is limited. Frankly, I, I agree. I'm not a killer cross carrying cross fan. We're, we're, we're aware of that. I think Keith Lee is very, very good. I've, likened them to bam bam Bigelow and we're gonna yeah. get to, we're gonna get to Mr Keith Lee but yeah it wasn't good so he he carrying cross separated the shoulder has l- relinquished the NXT championship William Regal has announced it will be four former champions in a new gimmick match a fatal four-way Iron Man match
1: I think my thing is and it's like individually each of the competitors, I have a great respect respect for and B really like. I'm just growing tired of them.
0: Right. So you're gonna get Balor, you're gonna get Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, baby, and Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, Uh, I like all of them individually.
1: Yeah, and And, and they all. By the way, they all put on great matches with each other, and I bet this is gonna be a good match. It's just kind of
0: we need new blood. Adam Cole put on one my favorite match of the night at Takeover.
1: Like well, yeah, a, I was going to get to that, it. too. Yeah, You know,
0: what, what, where does it go from here? Like, someone posted this online. Well, what happens if there's a four-way tie in an Iron Man match? Great question. Well, the, I don't think they're going to have one. No, but you could. You, you, every Iron Man match usually goes into overtime, right? So what happens then? Uh, sudden death. I guess so. It, it'll be interesting. Let's. And talk, it goes uh,
1: into, like, triple threat rules.
0: Yeah, I would I would guess. I I I feel like what's going to happen here and this is just me thinking out loud is you're going to have some sort of tie. Someone there's not going to be a winner. Then you're going to have two guys that are, are fighting over it saying they should have won. Carrion Cross coming back healthy, triple threat match to put the title back on. Them. That's well, my it, opinion right now.
1: Yeah, because the other thing I was surprised with, the, to me when someone says yeah, it was a separated shoulder, I'm like, "Okay, to me that doesn't seem like an injury that would require the relinquishing of a belt I, I,
0: everything as is a right. shoot yeah this is apparently a shoot there's no I haven't seen anything saying he was having surgery I, I unless know.
1: it's a torn labrum with it right right and they're just not saying that right but a separated shoulder in and of itself you could be back
0: in in days you could yes I, with, I've played with them you know plays played. yeah yes plays. yeah you know uh, put a brace on that bastard and let's go. Exactly. Um, let's or talk- it, but if it's a grade three,
1: right? I think if it's a grade three, that means automatically that there's been some ligament tear. And if there right. is ligament
0: tear, then yeah. Let's talk about the aforementioned Pat McAfee match with Adam Cole. Really good. And what's even better is they apparently, they I'm clapping. They called this in the ring. Yeah. God, awesome. Awesome. I don't – it's all I can say. I, I mean, McAfee I, has it. Yeah, man. The guy – the dude has a, a – look, Prick is a punter. But yeah, he, West, West Virginia is, too.
1: Man, this is working for him. Okay. <laughs> so I guess I should take a step back. When I say he has it, I do not mean that he is going to eventually become the face of NXT or that he's going to have a long career. But he has – that. He, he, is, he is a wrestler. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. He had the timing he had. I mean, he, I mean, like we, we've known him to have a big personality, but the timing of everything he does is so on point. I would say that was the most impressive performance by a, and I will refer to him as a celebrity ever in wrestling.
0: Yeah. I would agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, kudos to both guys. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. They called it in the ring. That's yeah. just that's just incredible to me. That that says a lot. He had a great dance partner. He did have a fantastic and you need that. You need yeah, to have yeah. that. But we it's talk a about good, look, yeah, Bam Bam Bigelow. We're mentioning him again here. We talked about that with with um, LT at WrestleMania. That yeah. was the dance partner.
1: Yeah, like for instance, and, and all due respect to him, may rest in peace. For instance, if LT in WrestleMania 11 was with, um. Because For Money Inc. So if it was King Kong Bundy or Nikolai Volkoff, that'd have been a terrible match, right? But because it was Bam Bam, it at least was believable, sellable. It you know it, it passed. But th- yeah, this was I believe the best performance ever by a celebrity. Uh, I I would agree, and we're going to
0: put that out and, for a poll on yeah, the yeah, and it's going to be a future top five. Let's talk about Keith Lee. Keith Lee loses the title, goes to Raw many many people not happy with his debut at raw a lot of different things shaved looked different has different music there's apparent there's more to the music than anything there's a whole the group cfo dollar signs whatever the hell their name is broke yeah. up their previous management brokered a bad deal with wwe wwe is trying to get everybody out of using their theme music so did I, you like his did you like his nxt theme i didn't like it I thought it was no. I thought you knew it was him. But I'm not worried about the music. I don't care about the music. Uh, I don't necessarily even care about the the outfit. I'm not worried about that. I'm not a fan. Little goofy looking. It's so not pe- good. People have likened it to a tennis a female tennis player. It, it's just not good. Why it's do you shave? shave? I I prefer him in the goatee as well. I yeah,
1: it, like that was um, the first thing I noticed before anything else i don't i don't know um i just i i look i it's clear they they think highly of him which is why they brought him up to raw because they needed him right now i would have liked to have seen him hold the nxt belt a little longer Agreed. and actually feud with a few other people in Agreed. that promote in promotion show whatever you want to refer brand um I, I, yeah, I I think they need to work on the wardrobe. It's weird. Like there's like neon color. It, it's uh, I don't. It's just like different messages. He's he's not set Well, he's not sending message. It just the the branding is not consistent.
0: Right. I agree with you. It, 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 and it, this happens all the time when guys go from NXT to Raw SmackDown. They change who they are. The point. About, I didn't really like the I didn't really like the outfit. Excuse me. Uh, in, in NXT either. But it got exactly. even worse. It did. Yeah. Bots. Well, let's see. I mean, if there's a guy, Randy Orton, we don't like him, but he's got, he's a, a worker in the ring. So if there's yeah. a guy for Keith Lee to go in there against, this is one of them. There's building bad yeah. blood. You have Brock Lesnar lurking. Uh, I mean, so let, let's see what happens. That's, that's my thought on it. Let's talk SummerSlam now. We're going to get to our top five matches and moments, but I want to talk SummerSlam this year, 2020. Yeah a lot going on here. Let's kind yeah. of go rapid fire through it. Sonia Deville is Dunzo in the WWE and this match was changed from a head, you know, head, sh- loser shaves their head to a loser leaves town match. Yeah. This was well, directly related to her legal situation. So, I- I'm interested in more or less seeing, how are they going to bring her back? Yeah, because honestly, uh,
1: I was really impressed with her promos leading up to the match. And I think that I, and we're going to talk about this when we get to the championship matches, they desperately need more. They, they desperately need to include more of the female talent Agreed. in the upper, in the title picture. Agreed. And you know what? I like her. I really well, I do. I, I think physically she can go. She is. I, she's, I, she's pleasing on the eye, which you know obviously is a consideration for them. Uh, I, I think that's also holding back someone else, um, and
0: it's. I, she was really. She is a good heel. I I agree wholeheartedly. And the reason they didn't do the head shaving thing is because she had to. She had to be present in court. Yeah. This whole situation, and her lawyer said I, you can't. You can't do it. So they yeah. changed it. So it's going to be interesting. I. I I would like to see where she comes back. And one of the things that pops in my head is she a Retribution member, whatever that turns out to be. I don't know what it is.
1: I don't know. I Some of the pe- some of the people there don't look good. Like their punches are bad. It, it, I, well, I think that's going to be a bust.
0: They're just people for now. They're not any. Yeah. Because they yeah. don't know who they're going to put in the group. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that match, by the way, showed is that Mandy Rose is terrible in the ring. Yes. Agreed. Wholeheartedly. But she's terrible. She's the blonde, which it was why. Uh, Look, I'm I'm not even whatever. Look, I'm calling a spade a spade. And if the spade looked like Mandy Rose, she'd get pushed as you were alluding to. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about the ladies again. Asuka goes one for two on the night. I honestly thought maybe she'd take both titles, but this is a good move. uh, Having her with at least one belt. Now, will they push her? I don't know. So I agree with you.
1: Uh, those three are probably those three and, and Charlotte flair are the most talented female wrestlers on the roster right now. Then um, obviously when, when, if, if, when Becky ever comes back, she's in that group as well. Um, the thing was, first off, I, I'm really tired of the Sasha and Bailey stick. Yes. Um, I, but here's the thing. I don't, I don't like Bailey as a heel. I, and I actually have grown tired of Sasha, as a heel, I like when Sasha is sort of the 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 anti-hero baby face for females. I prefer that. Um, and it's clear this is leading to at some point them re- renewing their rivalry because look, those two just produce magic in the ring. But I feel like that I don't mind a slow build. This has been torturously slow, and we've had to sit through. Bailey, I'd rather Bailey be crazy, like a Joker, like a female jo- or I was. A, I'm not good with those DC. I'm, I've never been a comics person. Is that Who, Harley Quinn? Harley Quinn, yeah. Uh, so I I know that that's kind of what they thought Liv Morgan was, and I'm not. But have, why don't you have Bailey be like just with the with the upbeat music, but crazy? I would like that as opposed. This character is annoying. It's it's turned the channel annoying to me. It's not,
0: I want to see her get her come up the
1: way.
0: Nice one. Good one. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's move on to a debut. Uh, Dominic Mysterio. Yeah. Do you know, did you see him futzing with the hood? Yeah. yeah. I, oh, I was going to say, it runs in the family. It does. Like, it's a stupid outfit. Yeah. But I, I was impressed. Yeah. I was impressed. And again, good dance partner, Seth Rollins. Yeah. And obviously, people, people were given dominic mysterio crap on the internet this is the kid's first match and clearly yeah. he has a lineage and he's yeah. going to have a career that being said i hope not to see him in the wwe anymore i want him to go do the what he is supposed to do wrestling's about history go right? work
1: in, go work in mexico
0: he has to go respect his heritage in the business yeah. and he has to go learn the this is part of it it's yeah. like in Japan when they when they take the young guys you know, and they send them overseas. He needs to go and learn more, learn yeah. somewhere else. I, I want to see that.
1: Yeah, I know. I agree. I, I give him a lot of uh, credit. I thought he did a really nice job. Of course, he had a great dance partner. Seth Rollins is one of the best in the business. Uh, but I got to tell you, we'll talk about another character I find super annoying, this Monday Night Messiah thing. Yeah. Just super annoying. That's what really is annoying me about the WWE lately is you have people that can go, but they're just the characters are so damn annoying. Or bland. It's 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 actually worse than I'd rather them be bland. It's like the, like bland is like whatever. And then you have like these characters, which is like the scratching of the nails on the chalkboard. Right. That that's that's the Monday Night Messiah, and that's Bailey to me right now.
0: That is Rollins to me, and unfortunately, it's Drew McIntyre as well. Yeah, he,
1: he's trying, trying to be—he's trying to be funny now.
0: Yeah, or like cool. Yep. Don't and be this that. Cir- this is circumstance because he yeah. was on fire, and then then you're wrestling with no fans, and it is what it is. But he's another character, and he and he he, he retains, and it's just like uh, I don't need to see it. Actually, well, yeah, and if, and actually, the other guy that won the main event the same way. I'm the same way about all three of them. The fiend. Yeah, that was well. No, I, I still like the
1: fiend. I, I don't know. I mean, him with Braun. I don't, it's just,
0: but I, I, I really do like the fiend, though. I, talk, I give him credit. Let's talk about the big return. Roman Reigns jacked up Roman Reigns. Yeah, comes back. Asserts himself after the match. He's coming for the for the universal title. You said to me, heel, and I said, I don't know. Maybe he's more like the rest of his family in the Bullet Club. You know, Tama Tonga, Tonga Lo, all those guys. Where he's just a badass Samoan dude. Yeah, which I think is the way that this needs to be played out. He's just yeah. just a badass that's in there, and he's not good. He's not bad. You know, he is just a a, a, a badass dude.
1: Yeah, I, I just wonder, because he is in a weird way the face of the company. If that corporate yeah. the corporate make a wish, and I and don't get me wrong, I respect that about you know and I respect that about John Cena. I wonder if that will hold him back from really embracing that
0: that kind of angle or character. I hope, I hope not, but I, I could see your argument. Yeah. But it, it was he looked really good though. He did look good. Let's see yeah. what happens. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into our main event of the week, our top five matches and moments from SummerSlam, and this is a little bit difficult for me, and I'm a little bit all over the place with it. So I, you're gonna, I'm gonna have you start at number five match or moment. Mm-hmm. What is it? Uh, it is
1: Brock versus CM Punk SummerSlam 2013. Uh, this is really one of the more unheralded or underrated matches of all time, I thought. Mm-hmm. I thought this may have been one CM Punk's best match in WWE and Brock's. I think this also was the first time. This was the match that I think also showed Brock and Paul Heyman that Brock works really well with these smaller wrestlers. Because if you think about it since then, he's gone on to have the matches with Finn Balor and Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles, which have all been very good matches even Seth Rollins. So, it, that was a great match, great storyline. Um, yeah, that was it's a top match for me.
0: My number 5, Daniel Bryan, John Cena, WWF Champion, WWE Championship match, excuse me. SummerSlam 2013. I I've obviously a huge mark for Bryan Danielson. Congratulations by the way on your child. Uh Buddy What's Dan- the kid's name? Buddy. Buddy. Buddy named after, Buddy named after his father. So, okay. Yeah. You know, what 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 is his what is his nephew's name? I have no idea. I think it's like Mateo. Mateo. Oh yeah, I believe it is Mateo. Um this match to me sold me on John Cena being a really, really good wrestler. You know, this is one of the matches where Cena could have done his five moves of doom and all this stuff, but he really went to work with Daniel Bryan and they put on a tremendous match. Now, granted it was all done and over with when triple H ruined it with the whole, he pedigreed to Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton shows up and cashes in, but it was a great match. And that what to me, always SummerSlam was always about the matches, not necessarily the moments I have one, but it was always the matches that made SummerSlam. That is my number five once again
1: we're always leading into one another so my number four is john cena versus daniel bryan SummerSlam 2013 um i agree with you one of john cena's best ever matches i think john cena's best match uh you know we we should save that for another time but again one of his best matches uh i think that in a way i know it was i know the yes movement had started but particularly the way this match went down and then actually I liked what happened afterwards because that's what made WrestleMania 30, WrestleMania 30. True. this was the birth of this version of, of the corporate Well, not. Yeah. Or, or Boy, it was the,
0: whatever they were. Yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. The authority. The
1: authority. Yeah. Not the corporation. Sorry. Um, but a great match. And I think this really stamped that the, that the yes movement was going to be here. Because they would not have done what they did in terms of screwing him over like that if they didn't believe in him. Fair point. But to me, I, it, it's 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 both a great match and moment.
0: You already said my number four, CM Punk, <laughs> Lesnar, for all the reasons that you said. So yeah. uh, we can, you know, we can move on to to your three. My number three uh, is Bret Hart versus Owen Hart. SummerSlam
1: 94 uh, for the WWF title uh, in the cage match. Uh, It it was a great feud. Each of their matches was fantastic. And, I mean, these were two guys who, look, if you think about WWF cage matches back in the day with the only way to win being how to escape, kind of limited in the way you're doing the storytelling. And yet, and as you would expect, these two did a, a fantastic job. And how you know to tell that story in the ending of the match with Owen hanging by the foot, stuck, yelling and screaming and, ag- and not not in emotional agony. Yep. Uh it was great.
0: So I am gonna go. So this is my number three, and Bret Hart is on my number three. And I was really torn the direction that I wanted to go with this because Bret Hart has had Bret Hart is almost like Mr. Slam, yeah.
1: especially
0: early, early on. Yeah, But to me, one of the greatest matches that he ever had was SummerSlam 1991 Mm. for the Intercontinental Championship. His dance partner was Mr. Perfect, and it was a perfect match. There's just so much going on there that I think Perfect was kind of at his peak. You know, in the WWF, at least. And right before he got injured and went out. But both guys were really climbing up trend and going upwards, in an upward direction. And this was a huge, huge card. Yeah. And it was just a classic wrestling match. Yeah. It really came down to, I had to put one of the Hart Intercontinental title matches on there. And this is the one. This is the one to me. I would tell anybody who's aspiring to be a wrestler, go watch it.
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a great match, great ending. The counter yeah. in front of his his father was in the audience. Yep. It was his first singles title win. Yep. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah it, no, it, Yeah, so uh, so my number two, I don't. It, I guess you could say it's a moment is NXT Takeover Brooklyn, okay, first one. and it's because so now because of. Now, obviously, this year is different, but now the NXT Takeover, which occurs before SummerSlam, is that's their WrestleMania.
0: It is correct. It's bigger than
1: the pre-WrestleMania Takeover.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: And to me, that first one coming out into a building. Yeah, this was this is the first one, and and it really was a big deal. Uh, I actually watched it a few nights ago. It is one of my favorite. I, get, I I refer to takeovers as pay-per-views, even though it's technically not one. Uh I this is one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time. I just the an amazing card. The, the crowd is
0: so the crowd right. was so into me. yes. The crowd is yes. this was the perfect crowd for the N for an NXT event, like their first major arena show. They yeah. did play Fresno or or San Jose when Wrestling yeah. Yeah. was in California, but this was really the big coming out party. Yeah. New uh, York crowd. That's really yeah, it was i starting out Jushin
1: Liger with yeah. – um, I mean, Jushin Liger was in it, which was awesome. Yes. Uh, the VOD Villains win the NXT uh, Tag Team Championship. This is Sasha and Bailey won. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had uh, Kevin Owens and Finn Balor ladder match. Yep. It was just amazing. And Samoa Joe's first match
0: – or excuse me, first takeover match, I believe. That's a good one. I I wasn't even going outside the box there. I like that. That's a good one. Yeah. My number two is a moment as well, and I know. It, was, it was when Bobby the Brain Heenan brought out the big gold belt on WWF television at SummerSlam 1991, and there was, you knew who was coming. Yeah. He, champion. he walked over to Hogan's dressing room, at, talking about it at length, and it was no name said. Ric Flair's yeah. name not even mentioned. It was yeah. just a real world champion. And you knew what this was going to build to, that you were going to get Hogan, you were going to get Flair, you were going to get Hogan Flair, WrestleMania 8 and it never happened. Yeah. But it was such an awesome moment. because I, I was a WWF guy, but I knew, even in 1991, the significance of that title and what it yeah. meant and who it was. And yeah. it was just so cool to see. And hey, kudos for Flair to, to say nwa is not paying me i'm taking the title and i'm bringing it on wwf television smart move uh cool. th- and that was yeah that was a big
1: moment uh so i guess my number one is the main event of SummerSlam 92 bret hart and davey boy um you're right this SummerSlam early on was really it was like bret hart's baby show. yeah uh, it was yeah and well, the reason really i chose
0: champions show yeah. The world champion was on the show in some form or some fashion, but the IC champion for a very long time was always the that was their main event. Yeah, absolutely. This is how it came off.
1: So the reason I chose this one, and, and I would tell you the, the, the Bret Hart Mr. Perfect one is like number six or number seven for me. Uh, the reason I chose this one was just the enormity of the match where it took place. Yeah, the fact that it was the main event over. The Macho Man and Ultimate Warrior, yep, in, who were the ch- for the championship, and I also think Bret Hart has so many great matches. But also to give credit to Davey Boy had a great match. So to me, as a as a singles competitor, so to me that's why I, I get. And this one has sort of the emotions in it with um, Bret's sister, Davey Boy's wife. Uh, to me, in the setting, Wembley.
0: That's my number one summer. It's both a match and moment. It is. I would agree with you. Yeah. SummerSlam 92 could be a whole moment. The whole thing. LOD on the bikes, the whole presentation. It was awesome. It's not my number one, though. Yeah. My number one, we got to take it back to Madison Square Garden again. Summer of 2000 and the Dudley boys, Edge and Christian, the Hardy boys, triple threat, ladders, it was it was the attitude era. It yeah. was everything I enjoyed at that point in wrestling. It was you know TLC, it was tables, ladders, chairs, it was the first, it was ECW, it was my guys, you know, and it was just one of these things when you look back on there's always there's the shot, right? That I don't know if they still use it anymore, but they used it for the longest time of Jeff Hardy doing the swanton bomb. Off yeah. the ladder through the table. It was uh, to me, it made all those guys. Oh, it yeah, definitely. It was a
1: groundbreaking teams. match.
0: Yeah, it made all of those teams. That was to me as a fan my greatest SummerSlam moment. And I, and look, I love 92. 92 is awesome. Uh there's so much more. I, I mean, we can run we can run down some here that anything else that stand out to you that wasn't that we haven't brought up.
1: I it's thought true. you were gonna talk about the match made in heaven.
0: Well, there's the match made in heaven, the match made in hell. That's, match that's, made in hell sucked. That's that SummerSlam 91. It's
1: funny, you and I, who were Hulkamaniacs, didn't Hulk, Hulk Hogan did not go, you know, did not make our list.
0: He didn't really have many SummerSlam moments. I mean, 90 where Hulk well, SummerSlam was created as a way to
1: kind of get what well, was it was to advance the Hogan savage
0: storyline but also yet Andre Hogan Yeah, that Andre the Giant's last WWF appearance was at, at a SummerSlam I believe 93 92 yeah. 93 uh you know that the match made in, in heaven was a great moment one of the better wrestling weddings you know you have a whole hell of a lot you have uh, Austin Austin and Owen up in up in New Jersey in the Meadowlands yeah. Isn't um Triple Rock H won his first world championship on a Summer You yep. have Rock Triple H for the intercontinental title in a ladder match. That was ninety-eight. You have um Undertaker Edge in a hell in a cell in two thousand and eight, which was a one, probably one of yeah. the great Hell's, hell in a cell matches. Brock's first championship win. Right. Hogan Hogan and Shawn Michaels. That was a joke to me. In, what Shawn Michaels did in 2005, I was over oh, selling. Uh, yeah, I know you were. I remember that was and there was a great match on that card that we can't ever speak about ever again. Yeah, that's but right. Dominic, in, involving Dominic Mysterio, you know. Yeah, you just can't you, you can't talk about Eddie Eddie Guerrero and uh, Eddie Summer Guerrero. SummerSlam. Yeah, go ahead. No, I, no, I Eddie Guerrero I and you know. Mysterio for custody of a child. That was weird. Yeah, but um
1: SummerSlam. Oh. Two with the, the Brock one, but um, Kurt Angle, Rey Mysterio. You know, man. and you also had
0: Shawn Michaels come back. Come back, unsanctioned street fight. Yeah. There, there's a lot that's happened on, on SummerSlam. They're just a few of our moments. Drop us a line at In the Fight show and tell us a few of yours. We'll be back next week. We got a lot going on. I'm Mike, that's Brett, and we will see. You.